Imagine what it would have been like to be in Jesus' presence and witness the miracles He performed. Even His disciples who were with Him day after day found themselves awestruck when Jesus displayed His great power and authority. Consider one such incident, described at Mark 4, 35-41. See if you can picture yourself in the scene. And on that day, when evening had fallen, he said to them, Let us cross to the other shore. So after they had dismissed the crowd, they took him in the boat, just as he was, and there were other boats with him. Now a great violent windstorm broke out and the waves kept dashing into the boat, so that the boat was close to being swamped. But he was in the stern, sleeping upon a pillow. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are about to perish? With that, he roused himself and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be quiet. And the wind abated, and a great calm set in. So he said to them, why are you faint-hearted? Do you not yet have any faith? But they felt an unusual fear, and they would say to one another, Who really is this? Because even the wind and the sea obey him. Did you imagine yourself being in the boat with Jesus? Could you see yourself frantically helping the disciples bail out water and secure the baggage? How did you feel when the violent storm obeyed Jesus' astounding command, Hush, be quiet? Though they knew Jesus personally, in awe the disciples could not prevent asking themselves, Who really is this? Yet more than the miracles performed, we are impressed with the lessons we can learn from Jesus some 2,000 years later. For example, are you willing to proclaim the kingdom message to all without permitting the appearance or circumstances of a person to prejudice you into silence? As we continue reading together from Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, ask yourself, what does this account teach me about the possible differences between a person's outward bearing and the condition of his heart? Jesus is in the boat with his disciples as it sails on calm waters toward the shore. Can you hear the waves lapping against the boat? Can you smell the bracing air? Now picture in your mind the startling appearance of the ferocious man whom Jesus is about to meet. Well, they got to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerizims, and immediately after he got out of the boat, 
a man under the power of an unclean spirit met him from among the memorial tombs. He had his haunt among the tombs, and up to that time, absolutely nobody was able to bind him fast even with a chain, because he had oftentimes been bound with fetters and chains, but the chains were snapped apart by him, and the fetters were actually smashed, and nobody had the strength to subdue him. And continually, night and day, he was crying out in the tombs and in the mountains and slashing himself with stones. But on catching sight of Jesus from a distance, he ran and did obeisance to him. And when he had cried out with a loud voice, he said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I put you under oath by God not to torment me. For he had been telling it, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. But he began to ask him, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion. (laughs) Because there are many of us. (laughs) And he entreated him many times not to send the spirits out of the country. Now a great herd of swine was there at the mountain feeding. So they entreated him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And he permitted them. With that, the unclean spirits came out and entered into the swine, and the herd rushed over the precipice into the sea, about 2,000 of them and they drowned one after another in the sea. But the herders of them fled and reported it in the city and in the countryside, and people came to see what it was that had happened. So they came to Jesus, and they beheld the demon-possessed man sitting clothed and in his sound mind, this man that had had the legion. I am fine. Really, I am. And they grew fearful. Also, those who had seen it related to them how this had happened to the demon-possessed man and about the swine. And so they started to entreat him to go away from their districts. Man of God, please leave us. We don't want any trouble. Now, as he was boarding the boat, the man that had been demon-possessed began entreating him that he might continue with him. Please, please, teacher, let me join you and the others. However, he did not let him, but said to him, Go home to your relatives and report to them all the things Jehovah has done for you and the mercy he had on you. And he went away and started to proclaim in the Decapolis all the things Jesus did for him. And all the people began to wonder. As you read along, Did you visualize the scene? In Matthew's account, it describes two such tormented men. So it is likely that Jesus directed his words to the more intimidating of the two. What lesson do we learn from Jesus? True, we do not have the power to expel demons, as did Jesus. But we can imitate Jesus' attitude by endeavoring to share the good news with everyone regardless of his appearance or circumstances. At times, we may come in contact with those whose lifestyles seem strange. 
Some may live in squalid conditions. Even so, will we seize the opportunity to give them a witness? Some of those we meet may intimidate us, but they may well have a receptive heart. The man Jesus spoke to responded appreciatively and went preaching about Jesus throughout his home territory. What else can we learn when we read God's Word carefully? As we again pick up our reading in Mark chapter 5, can you better appreciate the exuberant feelings associated with the future resurrection by Christ? Like Jesus, will you now have more empathy for those who have long-term chronic health problems and reach out to them even if they are frustrated and frantic to feel better? Or when confronted with an awkward situation, do we readily and openly come forward confessing the truth of the matter? See if you can discern each of these lessons by following along with the reading of Mark 5, 21 through 43. After Jesus had crossed back again in the boat to the opposite shore, a great crowd gathered together to him, and he was beside the sea. Now one of the presiding officers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, came and on catching sight of him, he fell at his feet and entreated him many times, saying, My little daughter is in an extreme condition. Would you please come and put your hands upon her that she may get well and live? At that he went off with him, and a great crowd was following him and pressing against him. Now there was a woman subject to a flow of blood twelve years, and she'd been put to many pains by many physicians, and had spent all her resources, and had not been benefited, but rather had got worse. When she heard the things about Jesus, she came behind in the crowd and touched his outer garment, for she kept saying, oh, If I touch just his outer garments, I shall get well. If I touch just his garment, I will be healed. And immediately her fountain of blood dried up, and she sensed in her body that she'd been healed of the grievous sickness. I'm healed. I'm well. Immediately also, Jesus recognized in himself that power had gone out of him. And he turned about in the crowd and began to say, Who touched my outer garments? But his disciples began to say to him, You see the crowd pressing in upon you. And do you say, Who touched me? However, he was looking around to see her that had done this. But the woman, frightened and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be in good health from your grievous sickness. While he was yet speaking, some men from the home of the presiding officer of the synagogue came and said, Your daughter died. Why bother the teacher any longer? But Jesus, overhearing the word being spoken, said to the presiding officer of the synagogue, Have no fear, only exercise faith. 
Now he did not let anyone follow along with him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. So they came to the house of the presiding officer of the synagogue, and he beheld a noisy confusion and those weeping and letting out many wails. And after stepping in, he said to them, Why are you causing noisy confusion and weeping? The young child has not died, but is sleeping. At this, they began to laugh scornfully at him. Can you believe him? <laughs> sleeping. I saw her with my own eyes. Sleeping indeed. She's dead. This man is deluded. She sleeps. Please, step outside. Thank you. Step outside, please. Thank you. But having put them all out, he took along the young child's father and mother and those with him, and he went in where the young child was. And taking the hand of the young child, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which translated means maiden, I say to you, get up. And immediately the maiden rose and began walking, for she was twelve years old. And at once they were beside themselves with great ecstasy. <laughs> My child! My child! Praise be to God and to you, Jesus, Lord of the living and the dead. Oh, my daughter, let me hold you. But he ordered them again and again to let no one learn of this. And he said that something should be given her to eat. Does the account of the young girl's resurrection make you yearn for that time in the new world when millions of resurrections will take place? Can you picture the scene when countless parents tearfully, happily welcome their children back from the dead? Parents, what can you learn from the way that Jesus dealt with the woman who had the grievous illness? Her condition made her unclean, and at that time it was against the Mosaic law for her to be in the midst of a crowd let alone to reach out and deliberately touch Jesus. So when your children break a family rule, do you imitate Jesus by considering any unique or mitigating circumstances before administering discipline? And what about you children? Did you notice that the woman did not try to cover up her desperate act? Instead, she quickly came forward and confessed to Jesus, telling him the whole truth. Can you be that open and honest with your parents when your actions are called into question? Christian elders, what can you learn from this same incident? For example, when dealing with a distraught member of the congregation, do you look beyond the person's immediate words and actions? Like Jesus, do you take into consideration the person's circumstances and motives? Do you avoid being inflexible in applying God's laws and principles? Note that Jesus went out of his way to calm the woman. No doubt, you also endeavor to display similar empathy. We have considered together a little more than one chapter of the Bible. Yet how rewarding it was! As you read the Bible each day, make the accounts live. Imagine what the people looked like, 
Feel their emotions. Understand their motives. Paint a mental picture of their surroundings. Hear the sounds. Smell the scents. Become part of the setting. After considering a portion of the scriptures, meditate to determine how you can apply the lessons to your life. Ask yourself, how can this portion of the scriptures help me when dealing with my family, with friends, or with those I meet in the ministry? In that way, God's Word will come alive for you. By applying its counsel, you will experience in your life the very power of God's Word.